0: What's up, mortals? This is also awesome. Myths and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. This episode is a Scottish myth about Ass Paddle and his battle against the Maester Storeworm. Yeah, the kid's name is Ass like Ass and Paddle with an I in the middle. Get used to it, I have to say it a bunch. Apparently it means, he who grovels among the ashes. Even by standards of the story, it's considered a weird-ass name. They say Ass deserved his stupid name because he was super lazy. He lived on a farm with his parents and brothers, but refused to do any of the farm work. So his brothers did all the farm chores while he ran around outside telling himself stories. And on particularly hot days, he would actually just lie in a pile of ash and run it through his fingers and toes and make ash angels because he's a fucking weirdo. His brothers come back from a long day of farm work and tease paddle about how useless he is. Then his mom makes him do all the little odd jobs that no one else wants to because he hasn't fucking done anything all day. So it's actually fair. One day, a rider comes riding past the farm as riders do, bearing terrible news. A fisherman has caught sight of Mester Storworm, which everyone knows is the biggest, baddest, and most horrible of all the serpents. The giant beast comes is, was coming straight for the mainland. He also saw it, and I quote, open up its mouth and yawn horribly, as if to show it was hungry, and that, if it were not fed, would kill every living thing upon the land. End quote. I don't know, I don't think they know what yawning means, Because I don't yawn when I'm hungry. I yawn when I'm fucking tired. The Great Serpent just wanted to take a nap. Still, a giant fucking sea monster with poison breath that could wipe out the country is cause for concern. So reading the thing's body language maybe isn't a priority. As you can imagine, the country full of people facing extermination by giant fucking lizard thing were pretty scared. The king called a meeting of all his counselors in an attempt to devise a way to get the serpent to go away. And for three days, these dudes with beards sat in council and couldn't come up with any way to get rid of Mester Storeworm. After they had all given up, the chamber doors swing open, and in walks the queen. The queen was the king's second wife, and she was not liked in the kingdom. She was arrogant, insolent, treated her stepdaughter, Princess Jemda Lovely, like shit. If she made fun of her name, it's totally understandable because that's a stupid name. Queen also spent most of her time with a sorcerer who everyone hated than what she did with the king. A sorcerer who she was probably definitely banging on the side. She basically tells them that while they might be reliable when it comes to other people that threaten the kingdom, they're totally useless when the threat is a giant fucking monster. Clearly, they need the sorcerer and his magic to help them, which honestly is a totally fair point. They spent three days in a room, couldn't even come up with an idea to try. So, why not use the magic guy and let him do some magic? The king and his council agreed, but they hate the idea because they really despise the scout. The wizard was tall and thin with a beard that reached down to his knees, and he had gray skin. And the king is like, really? This is the dude my wife is cheating on me with? Was he, hung like a Clydesdale? So they ask the wizard for help, and he tells them to wait a day while he deliberates. Sorcerer comes back the next day with his decision. He claims that the only way to satisfy the monster was to feed it seven young maidens on every Saturday. And if, after three weeks, a.k.a. 20, 21 maidens later, Mr. Stormworm did not depart, then they would have to take drastic measures, as if feeding 21 girls to a horrible monster wasn't drastic. So Saturday comes, and they tie seven maidens to hand and feet and lie them down on the shore. Giant serpent comes up to them and slurps them into his mouth, which I don't know, if you want the giant monster to go away, maybe don't feed it. But all the people came to see the sacrifice, and everyone is sad. They're asking if there's no other way to make the monster go away, but no one has any other plans. Then one voice rises above the rest of the crowd. Doesn't anyone have the balls to fight that monster? I'll do it. My balls are huge. I'm not afraid of no worm. It was Assapaddle who called out. Everyone around him thought he was crazy, that the terrible sight of seeing seven maidens eaten had driven him to his wit's end. They went to comfort him, but his brother came up and just slapped him upside the head. The brother says, all right, you'll fight the serpent who can't even do farm work because those things are related. Come back to the farm and lay in your ashes, asshole. And then he pulls his younger brother away. Two more weeks pass, and 14 more maidens are offered to the serpent, and still the monster hung out by the shore with no signs of leaving. You know, because it was getting regularly fed like a fucking pet. Why would it leave while it's being offered delicious maidens with zero effort? So the king and his council summon the sorcerer again to hear what his other plan was. And knowing that the queen hated Princess Jemda Lovely and her incredibly stupid name, he suggests that they now feed the princess to the serpent. You know, because the maidens didn't work, so let's up our sacrifice game with a princess. Now the king was fair, and he didn't feel it was right that he should ask other fathers to part from their daughters for the good of the kingdom when he wouldn't be willing to do the same. So he decides he has to sacrifice his beloved daughter. Crazy to me how he thinks this might work when 21 other girls did not work. But the decision is made, and the king declares that his daughter will be the next sacrifice. One of the king's knights step forward and makes a suggestion. He thinks that if the beast still doesn't leave after feeding Princess Gemda Lovely to it, that the next move should be to feed the sorcerer to it. And everyone loves this idea so much that they cheer. Except for the sorcerer, who is shitting himself because he's been pulling ideas out of his ass this whole time. The king allows himself three weeks before offering his daughter to the serpent, which seems an arbitrary amount of time. He sends ambassadors all over the kingdom looking for a champion who would be brave enough to face Mester Stormworm. And if any champion was successful, then they would get the princess as a wife, inherit the kingdom, and get the king's sacred and awesome sword, Sicker Snapper. A bunch of young men throughout the country thought these were some pretty great prizes to be won just for slaying some mere sea monster. You know, the same meager sea monster that threatened death and desolation to their entire country. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, right? 36 men arrived at the king's palace hoping to gain the prizes. The king sent them out to the giant serpent that they were meant to slay. Twelve shit themselves immediately and went home sick. Twelve ran away and didn't stop running until they got back to their own homes. And twelve were so depressed that they could barely walk, let alone fight a monster. One look upon the great beast... And they knew that the task would be difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult. So the three weeks pass with no one challenging the creature. The night before the princess was to be sacrificed, the the king takes his sword, Snickersnapper, and decides to challenge Mr. Storeworm himself. His trusty knight tries to stop him, but the king assures him that he will fall trying to save his daughter before he allows her to be sacrificed to this monster. The king orders his knight to prepare a boat for him, so he can sail out in the morning to go and fight the serpent. Meanwhile, on the farm, the family that have gone to bed because they will wake up early to watch the princess get eaten. This is before the internet, so what do they have to do for entertainment but feeding young girls, girls to giant monsters? Ass Paddle, on the other hand, will be left home to feed the geese, and he thinks this is just bullshit. He's so angry that he's just tossing and turning in his bed, he's too frustrated to sleep. S Paddle is tumbling around in his ash corner like a totally normal person when he hears his parents arguing. His mother says, it's too far to walk to the sea, so I should probably just stay home. But his father tells her, no, that's stupid. You can just ride my horse. Go swift. I don't think you love me anymore, blurts his mother. And the dad is like, really? That's where you're going with this? Please, t- what have I done wrong now? And the mom tells him, well, you don't tell me your secrets, like this horse goes swift. When you ride her, she's as fast as the wind. But when anyone else rides her, she just moseys along. Yet you won't tell me your secret. That's super important and pivotal to our marriage. And the dad is like, wow, it's a really stupid wedge to drive between our marriage, huh? Well, if that's what's bothering you, then fine. I'll fucking tell you. When I want her to run fast, I give her a whistle through a goose windpipe, which I keep in the left pocket of my jacket. Are we good now? And the mother smiles and tells him, of course, because she had just emotionally manipulated him into telling her a secret which had zero bearing on their marriage. So Aspaddle steals his father's horse and the goose thrapple, which is what you call a windpipe apparently. His parents and brother come running out to get him, but he whistles through the thrapple and whoosh, Ghost swift goes real swift and runs off into the night. It's about morning when Aspaddle comes to the shore where he can see Mester Stormworm off in the distance. He just looks at it for a while trying to decide how he will fight such a beast. He notices that the serpent yawns and a flood of seawater would rush into its mouth. As a paddle walks aro- along the coast until he comes to a small cottage at the end of the woods. He creeps inside to find an old woman asleep. He decides that since he's trying to rescue the princess that he can take whatever he wants and the old woman should be grateful for it because of his noble cause. So he takes an iron pot and a glowing brick of peat from the fire. You know, Classic monster-slaying tools. Then he leaves the cottage and finds the king's boat with a single guard watching over it. Asapaddle tries telling the guard, Hey, it's real cold out this morning. How about you come down and run around a little bit to warm yourself up? Meanwhile, I will guard the boat and definitely not steal it. And the guard is like, yeah, likely story. Can you imagine if the king came down while I was playing on the sand and you were standing on the boat? I'd be super dead. And paddle told him, sure, whatever, freeze up there. I don't give a shit. I'll have mussels to find for breakfast. Aspaddle went around the beach gathering mussels, then he dug a hole in the sand, put the pot, and he started screaming, Gold! Gold! Who would bury gold here right in the sand? This got the guard. He leaps off the boat, sprints down the beach to try and find some gold for himself. Meanwhile, Aspaddle sneaks onto the boat with his pot and sets sail. The guard is angry that he was tricked, but the king is pissed. He's standing there with his sword, snickersnapper, But no boat to sail on. All the people on the beach can do is watch as Asapadal sails towards Stormworm. Asapadal points the prow of the boat right uh, at the serpent's mouth when the creature yawns. He sails the boat right down its throat. Deeper and deeper he sailed down the monster's throat. The further he went, the less and less water there was until his boat got stuck. Asapadal got out of the boat with his pot in hand. Eventually he explores far enough to come to the giant serpent's liver. He had heard once that fish livers had oil in them, and how different could a giant sea serpent be from a fish? So he pokes a hole in the liver and tosses the burning peat into it. Immediately it catches fire, because apparently there was a fuck ton of oil in the liver, and there is no difference between a giant sea serpent and a fish. Esipattle runs back to the boat and gets in just in time for Mester Stormworm to throw up the boat with him in it, and he lands on the shore. Then the creature starts convulsing and rampaging. Its tongue slams down, causing the straits which divide Denmark and Norway from Sweden, or Denmark from Sweden and Norway. Its teeth fall out and form the Orkney Isles and the Shetland Isles. Finally, its body curls up and dies and becomes Iceland. And the fire inside still burns to this day, which is why Iceland has volcanoes and can use geothermal energy, which is super neat. The king hugged Aspattle and gave him his sword, Snickersnapper, and brought over his daughter to give him her hand in marriage. Everyone was happy and celebrated the boy's victory over Master Storeworm. They all return to the castle when a maid runs out with with news for the princess. The princess then shares this news with the king. Apparently, the queen was so happy to be rid of her stepdaughter and her stupid name that she's been loudly banging the sorcerer all morning. The king is pissed and orders his death, but the maid tells him that they left over an hour ago. It'll be nearly impossible to catch up to them. I can do it, shouts Asipaddle, and takes off on his father's apparently magic horse. What was a farmer doing with this awesome fucking horse? Oh, whatever. So because he's on this great horse, Asipaddle catches up with the wizard and the queen in no time. He shouts at them, and when they turn and see it's the lazy kid who likes to lay in the ashes, they just laugh. Apparently Asipaddle had enough of a reputation that the queen and court wizard knew who he was the sorcerer turns around and claims he will teach the boy a lesson by murdering him. The sorcerer rides back to meet him, and although he's not some great fighter, his body is enchanted to the point where normal weapons won't harm him. But he doesn't know that Asipadal wields the great sword, Snickersnapper. So with a single thrust, he kills the sorcerer and takes the queen back to be punished. The queen was sentenced to spend the rest of her life locked away in a tower. Eventually, the king dies, and Asapaddle and Gemda Lovely inherit the kingdom and give their kids stupid names of their own, like Cumbernauld and Balmoral, Euphemia, Donald Didia, Ruary, or something really stupid like Kyle. That's it for the episode. That was Asspaddle versus The Mester Storeworm. Like, like, like and subscribe, maybe tell a friend, and I have a website up now, at awesomemitsandmonsters.com.